Warning, Family Ties Positive Vibes may or may not contain any positive vibes. However, it is sure to contain three members of the family trying their best. Welcome to Family Ties Positive Vibes, a podcast about our lives and the nonsense behind all of it. My name is Michael Summers. Hi there, I'm John. (laughs) And my name is Lady Linnell Summers. And boy, what a week it has been. Um, Weather's finally cooling off, that's nice. Uh, How are you guys doing? Feeling all right. Uh, I'm just now realizing that the rule of threes doesn't really work if you're the second person in it. So yeah. So by changing the tone in the second, you're not really breaking a pattern so much as you are just throwing things in disarray. Yeah. So off to a good start. Yeah. Your your little bit of humor is still being included in the episode. We're not starting over again. Oh no. Mom, how's your week been? My week has been pretty good. Before we get started, we should preface this episode with an apology for all of our listeners out there who listened to our last episode and were. Com- completely confused for why we named the episode John Elton. Because we failed to mention in our remarks and storylines and everything that we told you about Elton John. I think uh, Elton John talked with Groucho Marx at one point, and then Groucho Marx said, hey, it should be John Elton, not Elton John. And he said, ha, that's funny. Uh, Thanks, Marx Groucho. Anyway, so that's the official story from now on. Anyone who looks at Wikipedia and it's different, feel free to change it to that exact story. Yeah, it might get changed back. It might not. Who knows? Let's roll with it. Anyway, uh, Michael, how's your week been? My week has been interesting. I am, as you might be aware, I work a couple different part-time jobs. I have my weekday job, and then I have my weekend job. My weekend job, I'm a DJ now, um, mostly doing small parties, maybe weddings every once in a while. And I've been picking up a lot more jobs recently. I have like one a weekend. And I just had a Halloween party for some little kids ages two to nine. And let me tell you, they don't know the name of a single song. No, how could they? So how do they ask you for a request? Uh, hi, do you have, do you have the song that goes na na na? And I, let me, let me look it up, kid. Let me find it for you. And then their parent will come in right behind them and it's like, they meant this song. It's the only song they've been listening to this week. I'm like, <laughs> got it. The alternative, unfortunately, is they do know the song, and it is always Baby Shark in that case, <laughs> or something like that. There's some new, like, YouTube kids artist. Their name is Blippy, and they make very repetitive, mind-numbing songs. It is made for kids, so it's yeah. not made well. Yeah. yeah, sounds perfect for ages two to nine. Yeah, and this, it's great. I'm not saying that it's bad for kids, necessarily. There didn't seem to be any content while I was listening, that seemed inappropriate or anything. It's just, I, do, I don't know who Blippy is, and after putting up a few Blippy songs, I still don't know who Blippy is. I'm just a little more concerned now that this came out of nowhere. Because, like, <laughs> I still watch cartoons every once in a while. I would think I'd be aware of, like, the kid culture. Michael, it's YouTube. These things have to appear suddenly and rapidly with a million subscribers. Like, that's how Minecraft YouTubers are. This is just the nature of YouTube. Yeah, they just come out of nowhere, seemingly already popular before anyone's ever heard of them, and then they fade back into that dark night. Yes. So as a DJ, when you show up at this party to uh, provide the music, do you go in with a playlist, or how is it that you come with music? I have a couple different lists of songs, usually. 
depending on the event. Okay, you've got two-year-olds. So in this case, they didn't have a list of requested songs, but uh, the guy I work for, who's been DJing a lot longer than I have, he tends to do uh, the big Halloween event in town, which isn't happening this year, unfortunately, but he uses the same basic set list every time. So I borrowed that and made a few adjustments. You added about twice as much Monster Mash as you thought that you could, it could hold. Oh, no. I expected how often I'd be playing Monster Mash. Kids love if you play Monster Mash approximately every 45 minutes. All right. Really? Won't get bored of it. Okay. So I don't have a playlist. These songs aren't necessarily supposed to go in any order. It's just whenever I feel like playing a specific kind of song, I turn that one on. And then also I just put on a lot of good classic songs that never get old. So what's an example of another song that gets more than one play? At this party in particular, Thriller got played twice. Obviously, I think I already mentioned it. Baby Shark. Yes, of course. Only got played twice as well, which, great. And I'd have to go back to my playlist, because I can look at the history of all the songs I played, and I can see how many songs got played a lot. I know the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters theme got played a lot. Mm -hmm. And I might have played like the Addams Family theme song a couple times oh that would be a good one a classic spooky song oh and uh this is halloween from uh the nightmare before christmas yes uh did you have any from not everything i played was halloween music because there are only so many halloween songs out there there's in fact like a total of like 17 so enough (laughs) enough to make an album maybe two if you stretch it out long enough but that's about it but you, you have to pad for time otherwise. Right. Um, so kids like cartoon theme songs and parents like a couple songs that they can appreciate as well. So I mixed it up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I got a $50 tip after the night was done. So nice. I probably didn't suck. Nice. Um, you were telling us about a story about this event, though, before we started recording about one girl song who you were immediately told after it was oh, requested yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. you should not play this. So, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the exact name of the song anymore because... Because why would you? I, I forget any song that I'm requested, uh, like, immediately after they request it. I put it in the list, and then, bam, it's out of my head. Um, in this case, a little girl, cute, five years old, walks up to me and says... Hi. Can and this was one of the few circumstances where she did know the name of the song, Hi. interestingly enough. Can you play Don't Fear the Reaper? No, it was something <laughs> a little more... Like, can you play tub thumping? (laughs) Yeah, actually, a little closer to something like that. And I'm like, what song would you like? (laughs) And she she asked. I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to look that one up. I'll play it later for you. Hoping that, you know, she'd forget in like five minutes. And immediately after she left, her dad comes up and he's like, I know what song she just requested. You don't have to play it. I I know you, but don't. (laughs) She she listened to us. She only knows one lyric from that song. It's not anything bad, but that's the only bit of the song she knows, and she doesn't need to hear any more of it. I'm like, listen, you got it, boss. I got plenty other songs here. All right. She did ask a single time later, um, and I'm like, you know, I'm still having to look it up because I have some other songs I need to play, but it, it might come up later. And then luckily she forgot after that time. Luckily, thank goodness. Yeah, luckily for everyone. I'm glad I didn't have to play that song, whatever it may have been. Honestly, Tub Thumping gets older. You only need to listen to it about once a decade. So, Mom, how's your week been? 
My week is good. The governor told us this week, actually, he told us a couple of weeks ago, but he, I heard it again this week, that we need to reduce our water usage by 15%. Big drought. Oh, it, so. It is Central California. So all the farmers are pissed. Well, I wonder if they have to cut by 15% because really they're the ones who are using most of the water, but still. Well, I guess my question would be, is it 15% of total state water consumption or is it 15% of specific demographics? Yeah, I don't know. He's just throwing out 15%. Which I guess could mean anything, but we're going to assume it's personal responsibility, 15% of our individual water usage. Yeah, so we're running the sprinklers less. We haven't planted the winter rye, I'm sure. Uh, We've been flushing the toilet less, you know, whatever we can. We're sending in our scrap metal to the military. Not because he asked us to, but just because. This ain't World War II, John. Are you sure? It feels a lot like it. So the government asked for a 15% water reduction. Yeah, but it's going to rain on Sunday, so I think that's going to help us out a lot. Five inches. They're predicting five inches. Five inches that's of rain? kind of a lot for us. In, in an hour over the entire weekend? I think the five inches might be at the top of the Sierras. Okay. Well, okay, okay. Then eventually it'll guess to us, maybe. We'll get like maybe half of an inch, maybe. Lake Isabella might fill up by spring. I, I don't think much of it'll trickle down on us. John, how about your week? Did we hear about your week already? We have not gone over my week yet. Uh, it has been a largely uninteresting week for me, except for one thing, and that is I've been trying to find a good Halloween costume, and the one that I want is just not available. I'm looking for a specific kind of clown costume, uh, but it's not available because all the clown costumes that are widely available are scary clown costumes for whatever reason. I don't get it. When what I want is a sexy clown costume. Does such a thing exist? Yes, it does. It always exists if you search hard enough. Have you searched both uh, Party City and Spirit Halloween? I have searched Party City. I've searched Spirit Halloween. I've looked up Amazon and nothing is really screaming out to me. So my friends were giving me suggestions on how to modify the clown costumes that they do have to make it really sexy. Uh, uh, Chelsea is uh, suggesting that I... I roll up the legs some and then uh, make them into booty shorts, add a fishnet leggings underneath, and of course add a boob window. But of course if I want to do that I would have to wear cutlets as well. Uh, But you know what, I'm willing. And uh, of course I will leave the clown shoes unmodified because they really add to it. The clown shoes really sell the clown costume. They really sell the sexy clown, yes. Yes. How about the hair? Are you going to do anything for hair? Traditional rainbow wig. The red squeaky nose. Large chest and uh, boob window, among other things, yes. Face paint? Face paint, I will if I can get around to it. I think I should, but I'm just not sure what to put up on there, except for like maybe a star and a heart. I don't know. I mean, I think you can go like the good old-fashioned white white makeup, do the red lips, you Mm -hmm. put some nice colorful shapes on your face. I don't think you need to get too complicated with it. You just need to make, because this is a sexy clown, you can't use traditional clown makeup. You do have to use a nice red sexy lipstick. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Like no half measures. There's got to be some gloss in there. Mm -hmm. People need to be able to look at me and say, oh my God, that's a sexy clown and not, oh my God, is that a clown? At a moment's glance, they when have, they first see me, they have to think. They have to know you're a clown, they have to know you're a sexy clown, and they have to regret having that realization. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm going for. Excellent. Well, I'm 100% certain, because I know Party City, at least, sells a lot of build-your-own-costume parts. So if you can just start getting the general clown costume, I know, because I've done this in the past, <laughs> I've made my own sexy costume using their own... uh 
stockings and garters. What were you, the sexy Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde? Actually, uh, I, I was just sexy Dracula. A bit repetitive, don't you think? Well, no, <laughs> because Dracula doesn't wear booty shorts. That is correct. With gold stockings. <sighs> <laughs> so, Mom, how are you feeling? You want to talk about water again? I think I'm going to the wrong Halloween parties. <laughs> or maybe the right ones, if you haven't seen any of this. It's time for show and tell. Show and tell, show and tell. We can't really show, but we can tell. Mom, what did you bring for show and tell? Our local Valley Public Radio Station is called KVPR. This could be helpful later. But they have a local reporter who has done a podcast called Escape from Mammoth Pool. And she's been promoting it on the station for several weeks. And I finally broke down and went and looked for it and listened to it. And she's done a really nice job with it. It's uh, about six segments. And they're talking about a forest fire that we had last year up in the Sierras. And there was an incident where there was a forest fire that came on really quickly. Mm -hmm. I recall, yeah. Yeah, they had to evacuate people who were camping up in, okay, I've kind of forgotten my geography. It was either the Sierras or... Anyways, it wasn't people who lived here in the valley. It was people who live in L.A. who come up here to camp in our mountains. And they they were the ones who got stuck up there and had to be evacuated out. It was a pretty dramatic story. Uh, The girl from the radio station used the Freedom of Information Act to go and request some um, 911 tapes. And so as she was digging through all of the 911 calls, she found out who the people were. And then she contacted them. And she found a few who were willing to talk and go on the record with her and tell their stories. And she did a really nice job editing it together to tell their stories. Her episodes are only about 15 minutes each, so it's a real quick listen. And uh, the fourth or fifth episode, she interviewed the helicopter pilot who evacuated them. He had to make three trips in to get um, a couple of hundred people out. I think they said it was 222 people and 16 dogs that made it out alive. Wow. There were no casualties. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it made a fairly dramatic story. That was It's a good listen. Yeah, and it is very interesting how anyone can make kind of like their passion project podcast about local history. Yeah. Um, she also uses the same um, music, the uh, Kevin McLeod, who does our <laughs> podcast music. From Incomputech.co. Yeah, which, of course, I picked up when she, at the end of her first uh, podcast, where she was listing out all the credits, uh, and she thanked Kevin McLeod for the music, or she said music by Kevin McLeod, and I thought, hey... That's the same person who did our podcast music. I've heard that name in business before. Yeah, yeah. Kevin McLeod does a lot of, well, royalty-free music. Anyone accredited, because we shouldn't just lie and say, I made that song. Or, or even worse, just say no credits at all. Just put it in there and say nothing. Yeah. That was us uh, season one. <laughs> and we regret it. I did, I did try and include uh, credit to him in the actual uh, summary of the episode oh, okay. uh, for a lot of our earlier episodes. Okay. But uh, yeah, he puts out his music for anyone to use in their projects. And I think that's really cool of him. Yeah. Yeah. And she was very kind and gave him credit. Yeah. So we're going to keep trying to give people credit where credit is due. Yeah. And other podcasts can follow our example. We set the example here for That's her. Right. <laughs> and 
I do think that if I ever meet Kevin McLeod, I might just give him like 10 bucks or something, buy him a sandwich or something. Technically, I think he has a donate button on his website at incompetech.com. Oh. So anyone who wants to give his music a listen and donate some money to him so that he can, you know, keep the lights on, feel free to go ahead and do that. I might buy him a sandwich that way. All right. Yeah. John, what do you have for show and tell? This week for show and tell, I am bringing to the table uh, a little video game that's some of you may have heard before. It's called Minecraft. I'm, I'm, I'm a little unfamiliar with this video game. John, could you explain to us what it's about? Okay, well, uh, Michael, have you heard of Legos? I have heard of Legos before, yes. All right, well, imagine Legos, but imagine them in a digital space and then make it survival horror. All right, that took a turn. No, I mean, it's accurate. You're just a person and then you wake up in this world and it's all full of blocks and that's incredibly interesting and you can mine, you can craft hence the name, and you can just build a whole little world out there. And it's a great creative tool. You can play with your friends, you can play with by yourself, whatever uh, works for you. Uh, they have a fun little electrical system that you can work with. You can make working lights, you can make working, working projects. I know of one person who made the entirety of Pokemon Red and Blue version, I believe, inside of Minecraft, and that was very technically impressive. You're telling me they coded a video game inside a video game? Yes using that video game's electric encoding system. That's kind of impressive. It's incredibly impressive. That's why I said it was technically impressive. Not uh, based on a technicality, but it w required a lot of technical skill. And uh, yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about Minecraft recently. Uh, they recently had a vote for something in their latest release. I don't remember what it was. I didn't pay attention <laughs> that well, but it put their name in my mind, and that's what I'm sticking with. Fair enough. Yeah, A lot of people on YouTube play it. You know, now that you mention it, I do think I've seen a couple people who are interested in the game make some videos about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a small, dedicated community. Full disclosure here, John only knows about Minecraft through Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he would have found out about it otherwise. It's yeah, but you, a really popular game. Yeah, but you were my introduction back in 1.5 beta a decade ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been around for a while now. I got playing back when I was in middle school, which is, oh my goodness, like a decade ago now. Yeah. No, Michael, we were living in a different state when you told me about it. <laughs> and it's come a long way. It's gone from a game just from building and decorating, which you can do a lot of. It is very Lego-based in that sense. To a game where you have a whole world designed for you to explore, get resources, to build new incredible things, to make better things for you to go and explore with, to get better resources, to build new stuff with. It, it's had a very long history, and it's still being updated to this day with new content all the time. Originally made by Hatsune Miku, it is now owned by Microsoft, and they just keep pumping out updates. It's very interesting. That's right. I forgot Hatsune Miku made Minecraft. Yes, and if you don't know who Hatsune Miku is, you can Google her name and you'll get some very interesting results. Michael, what did you bring for show and tell? So before today, I had a different thing planned for uh, show and tell. And then a new anime came out that I started watching this morning. Oh, no. Not another <laughs> anime. Michael, you have to take better care of yourself. I know. Worst decision I could have made. But also... A pretty good decision I made this Before morning. Before breakfast, even? The show is titled Comey Can't Communicate. It is a Netflix original series, which means Netflix bought the rights from someone else that made it, and they're saying that we made it now. It's a high school drama, kind of. A slice of life show. Yeah. Boy meets the most popular girl in school. 
Um, she's so aloof and mysterious yeah, and beautiful. She's, she's the ice queen. She doesn't talk. It's beneath her. Uh, she's very classy. Everyone respects her a lot. Everyone thinks she's really cool. And then we find out, oh, the reason that this girl doesn't talk to anyone isn't because she thinks she's above them all. It's because she has extreme social anxiety and literally cannot talk. She's too nervous to get the words out. Um, John, you're a little familiar with the series because it was previously a manga. Yes, I read it uh, when it was a manga. I read it when it was a, a series of comics at first, just black and white strips. And I really love the story. It starts out as this wholesome slice of life, high school drama sort of thing. And then they just keep introducing more weird characters. Yeah, we realized that our two normal-ish characters that were introduced to at the beginning of the story, they got nothing on the other freaks that end up being introduced in this show. So it's very interesting to see how this girl who wants to become friends with people but can't really talk to them ends up trying to talk to not, you know, the normal people that you'd find out on the street and could become friends with easily, but these people that are just so bizarre and hard to become friends with. Except for like one person, I think, who has made it their life goal to know everyone in the world. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've read it. Yeah, so... And also, I haven't watched it yet because I don't have Netflix, but I might just have to check it out somehow. Yeah, so I do have a Netflix subscription, and I just saw it came up today, and I'm like, hey, I like that one. I'm going to watch it now. Mom, what's our next segment of the night? <laughs> and now I think it's time that we finally get to the artist of the week. Listen with me, who's it gonna be? It's the artist of the... Artist of the week. So, Our... by popular vote, and by popular, I mean I came up with this and we couldn't think of anyone better this week. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Fallout Boy! It's a, it's a band that John and I are somewhat familiar with, and Mom, you knew, like, one of their songs. I think I would recognize them if I heard them, but I don't know the names of any of them. I will say that I made a big mistake. Uh, I made a slip-up, and I was supposed to give you a longer crash course about a week ago, and then I just forgot. Sorry about that. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I had plenty of stuff to do. So, in lieu of me not knowing anything about Fallout Boy, let's start at the beginning. When did you become interested in Fallout Boy? I mean, I came upon Fallout Boy probably about the same time anyone else in their life that likes Fallout Boy ran into Fallout Boy. I was in high school when I started listening to Fallout Boy. So, what style of music is this? They're kind of a pop punk almost, except they're more pop than punk. They are a lot more pop than punk. They have a lot of heavy guitar sounds. They have a lot of heavy, I, I guess, vocal ranges. I don't know how to explain it. They get very growly at times, which they those aren't my favorite songs. I guess the best way that a lot of music or people our age might classify it is emo rock. I guess emo rock would work. If you have never heard of Fall Out Boy before and you kind of want a good bass line it, uh, if you've heard of Michael Jackson's Beat It, they have a similar feeling to that. Not necessarily a similar style, but a similar feeling. They evoke the same emotions. Yeah, and we can kind of explain that by playing their cover of Beat It right now. Beat it, beat it. 
I'd say they sound a little maybe angrier than Michael Jackson ever did. Which is weird because that music video is about a gang war. Yeah. Michael Jackson's music video I should go on with. Maybe we should do him next time. Their first album that I listened to, I'd heard a couple of their songs before, but their first album that I listened to in high school um, was right after they came back from their self-imposed hiatus, which they said was never a real hiatus. They were just taking a short break while they did other stuff. We just don't want to be bothered for these couple years, but we'll keep doing it. We're not calling it a hiatus. It's just a hiatus. <laughs> they came back from that with a album that came out of nowhere, Save Rock and Roll, featuring a title with what I, the title track? The titular track of that album. Um, which features Elton John on it. So let's let's get a quick clip of that in there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, but didn't we also include a clip of that last week in our Elton John segment? Well, we can't listen to it too many times. I mean, we can't. They might be able to. No one can listen to that song too many times. It's a good song. It's a good song, and it is my favorite of album of theirs. Um, John, how, was, how did you get introduced to Fall Out Boy? Well, it's really surprising, actually, because it was in my freshman year of high school, actually. <laughs> I just heard a lot of their songs. Uh, I didn't quite place a face to the name. Did I say that correctly? Well enough for me. I okay. understood what you're trying to say. Okay. I didn't place a face to the name. I didn't know who made those songs I had heard, but once I'd figure out they had made them, it's like, oh, okay, this tracks. The album of theirs that I know the best came out in 2015, I believe. That was the Save Rock and Roll album. I've listened to that album repeatedly, and... Sometimes when I have nothing better to do, I will just sit down and listen to that album and not really do much else but focus on the music. Yeah, it also has a... I mean, every song is a hit on that album, but I think my favorite song is probably Young Volcanoes. That is a very good one, but I think personally my favorite from that album, I believe is the starting track, and I know I'm mumbling a lot, I'm saying a lot of ums and uh, I believes in this, but I need to clarify my statements. I think my favorite is from that album is Phoenix, or The Phoenix, however it goes. Mom, you of course know the Save Rock and Roll track, um, which we've played before. At, but least, at, at least twice now. There was another song we were mentioning earlier tonight that you were semi-familiar with. Yeah, can you remind me the name of it? I believe that was Thanks for the Memories. It's not spelled that way. They took out all the vowels. Oh, yeah, that's a really great song. It, 
it's certainly, I think, still their most popular song. Um, it's probably one of the first songs that comes on when you look up Fallout Boy. But the reason you remembered it is not because of the song itself necessarily. Yeah, every time I hear that phrase, it reminds me of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because they have a, a totally different song, but it has a similar phrase. Thanks for all the fish. So long and thanks for all the fish. Thank you, Douglas Adams. Which I would love to talk about a different time because that's just good book series and movie. And then there was another song that John played because it was the uh, title track to a, or the soundtrack to a uh, Pixar movie. Fallout Boy did make a song for the major motion picture, uh, Big Hero 6, which is, I believe, a Pixar film. Uh, and they had the song in their uh, Immortals. Which was a very big radio hit for a while. Because Disney and also because Fall Out Boy get the best of both. If you happen to be in either of those admittedly niche circles, you might have heard it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone would classify liking Disney as a niche circle. But Fall Out Boy's been around since 2001, I think. They formed in Chicago, which is mentioned a lot in their early songs. And they formed a lot of pop basically the entire emo subculture. And for people who don't know what emo subculture is, could you tell us? So it's really just one of the subcultures that was really popular, I'd say, both before I was in high school and while okay, I was what, in high school. What does emo stand for? I don't know. Being sad and depressed. It's not the same as being goth. It's short for emotional, but it's in the same style as punk and goth. It's the world is a nightmare, and this is how I'm reacting to it. Emos so. are typically more sad or angry than anything. But dramatic? Oh, definitely dramatic. Absolutely dramatic. If you were emo, you dyed your hair, you cut your clothes, and you tried to be as sad as possible. You, it's, life is a nightmare, and I'm just a teenager, or however that one song goes. I'm just a kid, and life is a nightmare by a completely different band. Yeah. Simple plan. So, emo culture, I wouldn't say that Fall Out Boy created it, but they were hugely influential towards it. Um, they helped inspire a ton of other bands that were big in the scene, um, including Panic at the Disco. They, um, they share a record label. If he, they gave Panic at the Disco their big start, right? Yeah, actually. Panic at the Disco, they heard the lead bassist and frontman for the band, Pete Wentz, who, Mom, you know him because he was married to Ashley Simpson for a while. Or was right. it Jessica Simpson? No, no, it's Ashley. Okay, no one's really quite sure. Go on. We're sure. John, stop lying. He heard their music just on a whim once, and it, was, it wasn't even like a full demo tape. He's just like, they hadn't been touring yet. They just got lucky and got their music in front of him. And he's like, yeah, okay, so you get an album. I'm going to help you make your first album. You guys don't need to tour yet. As soon as you start touring, you're touring with us. And they did, and then they got really popular after a while. Some might argue more popular than Fall Out Boy now. Depends on who you ask. Yeah. But Fall Out Boy's initial starting was also really rough. They, well, rougher than Panic at the Disco at least. Because it took them a while before they were able to make an album. And their first album that they were trying to make was not good. They had a week to make it, and they made it, and they hated every second of it. So they pretend it doesn't exist. 
What's the name of that album? Their first album that doesn't exist, and you didn't hear it from me, is Fall Out Boy's Night Out with Your Girl, or excuse me, Fall Out Boy's Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. <laughs> okay. So are there any songs on there that we should even be aware of? There's one song, I would say. Well, two songs. One, which doesn't matter because they ended up re-recording it for their actual first album, which is titled... I actually have to look this up because all of their song, if it's a, if they have a song title less than four words long, it's not a real Fall Out Boy song. It was from the album Take This to Your Grave, I believe. Yeah, and it ended up being re-recorded, and the title is Calm Before the Storm. Calm before the storm, set it on, and the sun burn at tonight. And the re-recorded version sounds much better, so we don't need to listen to the original. But another song from that first album that doesn't exist is Growing Up, which they do still play every once in a while. So their first album was not great, but they had a very big following in the underground scene in Chicago. So they had no albums, but they had a lot of fans. And that helped them get a couple more albums out. Well, in this day and age, you don't necessarily need a full-on album, do you? Did they release any songs like as singles? They do that a lot more now. In fact, they haven't released a full album in a while. That's all they've been doing, releasing singles whenever they feel like it. Or working on other people's music. Right. Okay, so for the uninformed, what's another essential song that we should have in our repertoire? Um, probably Sugar, We're Going Down. still played on the radio today i hear it i heard it last month admittedly it was on an alternative station but if it's still being played it's still got to be a good one we probably included in that clip the line that a lot of people don't understand on their first second or even third listen of which is uh we're going down down in an earlier round but sugar we're going down swinging I'll be your number one with a bullet, a loaded God complex, cock it and pull it. Yeah, that's that's a very big thing in Fall Out Boy songs, which is you're not supposed to understand the lyrics. You might not even understand it as English. It kind of just sounds like sounds for your first couple listens. It's the emotion that it evokes. And that's what emo music is. It's it's not about the lyrics, even though they are important to the real fans. It's about the feelings you get out of the song. And they have a lot of songs that do have a lot of feeling to them, to me at least. Um, one of my favorite Fall Out Boy songs is from their official fourth album. Dep I'm, I'm saying official because we're disregarding the first album. Yeah, we've been over that. Go on. The song... What a Catch Johnny. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Was that actually it? Yeah, that was it. 
because I was going to bring that one after. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a song that means a lot to me is What a Catch, Donnie, from their album Filet Adieu, which is French for I Can't Speak French. It's French for uh, Madness of Two, or Joy of Two, I don't know. Madness sounds correct. It's basically a mass panic, but French. <laughs> Anything spoken in French sounds more... It has a certain je ne sais quoi. I don't know yes. what it means. Right. <laughs> but just say it in French and it sounds fantastic it's, and classy. It's a funny French joke. So what a catch, Johnny. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say there. It's a very interesting music video that at the time they tried to include as many people that they had helped out or had helped them out over the years in the video. The song, what is it actually about? I have no idea. But it sounds really beautiful, and the music video takes place on a boat, so you know it's emotional. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. Anyways, uh, a song that I'm about to yell about is uh, Uma Thurman. She wants to dance like Uma Thurman, bury me till I confess. She wants to dance like Uma Thurman, and I can't get you out of my head. Yeah, what is that song about? I think it's about Uma Thurman. Well, it's about... I... I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what any of their songs are about. Listen, we listen to the songs. We don't know what they mean. That's not the point. But this one has the name of a person. Yeah. So I'm sure they had to have Uma, like, give us a check mark for that one. I don't know. They probably asked her, can we put your name as a song? And she probably said, sure, for a, an amount. Yeah. 20 bucks. Buy me a sandwich. It's a very good sandwich. And that's from their album, uh, American Beauty, American Psycho, which was released in 2015 and featured a pretty big change in their musical style. They're a lot more pop sounding now rather than the emo rock than they used to have. Their most recent album is Mania, which featured not a lot of hit songs, but it got a little bit of radio play. I think their most popular song from that album was The Last of the Real Ones. Because you're the last of a dying Which is listenable. A little repetitive, but listenable. So I, I'm waiting for Fall Out Boy's next album to see if it's more of this recent stuff or if I can get something that I like a little more. I mean, that is the way it goes, huh? You like the early stuff because that's what you listened to when you were young and they change and you change along with them, but in different directions. It's not the same. They sold out, man. They got to do. I got medical bills. <laughs> <laughs> That sort of thing. Yeah, so it, it's it's different. Some people like it. Some people don't. Golly, I, I do still like it. Golly, man, I have medical bills. We can just lay that over or replace it. I don't know. I'm swearing a lot this week. I'm sorry. Not enough to stop doing it, but enough to feel like a little remorse. Yeah, so if you want to know everything important about Fallout Boy, you should go and watch uh, Drunk History's episode about Fallout Boy. It's on YouTube for free. Mom, do you have a, do you have something you'd like us to give advice for this week? I do. Here is your question. My fiance is probably going to prison. Should I leave him? Michael, stop.
Now, I know in previous segments before where we've done this, it's mostly just been uh, mom reads the question, then we immediately come right bull out of the gate with an answer. But mom, what do you think first? I'm thinking, yeah, you should probably leave him because... Dump his ass. Long distance relationships are tough. And if he's going to be in prison and you're going to be on the outside, it's just, you know, maybe if you can pick it up when he gets back out, then then do that. But yeah, no one likes prison sex. It depends on how willing you are to commit to this, because if you want to commit to this, you could do some very fun Bonnie and Clyde, like slip of nail file and the pie sort of thing. And that'd be a lot of fun. Very romantic, uh, very cinematic even. But it's tough to be committed when he's been committed, so. Thank you, Michael, for going with what I was setting up. (laughs) I guess the question is timing. Do you break up with the guy before he goes to prison or after he goes to prison? I'm going to bring another bit here. How Fiance hasn't gone to prison yet. Yeah, he he might not go. What were the exact words of the question here? My fiance is probably going to prison. But not a guarantee. And if you say he's probably going to prison, you've already made up your mind. Wait, 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 wait. We're saying he might be going to prison. It might be a she, right? It's... Well, it says, should I leave him? Oh, okay, never mind. It's a guy. Uh, yeah, dump him. <laughs> dump his ass. Or don't. You know, here's my thing. Life is he's... too short to not break someone out of jail. Just the vocabulary being used. I assume this person's already made up their mind about their fiance. They're breaking up with him. You're just looking for someone else to tell you why you should. And here's why. He's going, probably, to prison. And you don't want to be in that situation where you have to pretend that you still care. Hold on a second. I've been watching a lot of The Sopranos, so he might be able... It might be a short sense and he might get off for good behavior. I've been, I've been watching some Breaking Bad as well. I've been spending time with my father. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's all right. He doesn't listen to this. He watches Breaking Bad? No, but he watches Better Call Saul, which is the spinoff from Breaking Bad. And he's really into The Sopranos. Yeah. All I ever catch Dad watching are like movies from like the 80s or earlier. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to Family Ties Positive Vibes, a podcast about the lives of a small family in Southern California. Our theme song is Funkorama by Kevin McLeod. You can listen to more of his work at Incompetech.com. Special thanks for this episode to Jan Frodeno for being a world-class triathlete completing a race on a bad day even when he knows he's not going to win. We'll be back next time after we finish celebrating Badger Day. It's a day where we celebrate badgers. Badger, 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 badger.